0: Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas. And if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Welcome to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. And today I am delighted to be speaking to one of the um, most famous ladies, I guess, in the industry worldwide. So, Anish McIntosh is no stranger. In fact, uh, she's probably one of the people who really did professionalize this industry um, from many perspectives. Um, Her official title is Managing Editor of Loyalty Magazine Group and, very excitingly, CEO of the Loyalty Magazine Awards and she also in the past has been running the loyalty surgery which is a phenomenal conference I've been to several times in London. So I'm sure we'll get into talking about Anisha's, um plans for those events as well coming up uh, later this year. So first and foremost Anish McIntosh welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Hi. Great to have you, great to have you. Um, you're in the UK at the moment I'm guessing
1: in uh, at home in London? At home, yes. Um, Not in London, in the middle of the countryside, so that's really very pleasant even better, even better. That's fantastic.
0: So, listen, Anish, um, by way of background, I suppose many of the listeners know that um, I'm a former judge for the Loyalty Magazine Awards myself, um, doing two years of supporting the overall um, event, which has been phenomenally exciting. So, um, I'm going to get into, you know, just talking about all about loyalty as an industry. Um, even, I think, we'll, we'll talk about some of the trends that you're seeing, again, just as an an industry observer and commentator, because I know you, you like to explore and investigate some of the big issues that are going on, which are, are always fascinating. So before we get into that, first of all, tell me uh, the usual starting question. What is your favorite loyalty statistic? I found this
1: a really difficult question because everyone likes to um, come up with a statistic. And at the moment, so little remains relevant because we're reinventing everything. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd tell you about how much effort from so many people go into choosing the winners of the Loyalty Magazine Awards. Yes. So we launch in October mm-hmm. and entries then dribble in slowly and then it turns <laughs> into an absolute flood. So by February people are Re- contacting us in all sorts of ways and saying help help you know we want the to tell us how to do this and yeah. so when by the time we close um at the end of february we have between 200 and 300 entries that then need to be shortlisted down those entries um are sent to a team of judges for mm-hmm. that shortlisting mm-hmm. it then takes 20 of the world's most experienced and expert loyalty professionals, hours and hours and hours of detailed work to so go through those finals. And Paula, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, totally. it's an really easy job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they they do a final, a first, a, a, a first judge, if you Straight like, list, Yeah. And, Yeah, well, no, they've shortlisted already, but we'll then mark against various criteria.
0: Mm. And
1: this year, for the first time, normally we get together in London and argue round a table for the day. But obviously those in Sri Lanka and India and Mm. New Zealand and Australia and America can't easily come and join us. Mm. So this year, what was staggering is that our Zoom judging proved so, so <laughs> um, exciting and invigorating and inclusive yeah. because every judge was there. Yeah, uh, we, we didn't mit, lose any of them. And we spent the three full days debating, discussing, laughing, um, <laughs> being amazed and impressed by the best entries. And we won't go back. That's wow. one of the things that we will now always do because it was so successful. Yes. So after all of that effort, um and additionally, of course, a separate panel, I'd sort of missed this, um, choose our 30 under 40 loyalty royalty. So all those hours and hours and hours of effort yes. um resulted in our final list of winners. Mm. And because of all this work, um, the work from the individual brands putting their entries together, the work from the judges' work—it it was just crazy to think that we <laughs> were just going to say this yeah. year we have a pandemic; it's now cancelled. Oh, yeah. So we couldn't do it. We yeah. couldn't. It. Yeah. So the job started of finding a way of doing a proper awards party. We yes. Didn't- we just we didn't just want to slap a video on YouTube and say there it is go and have a look when when you've got the time we did, we wanted to have a party yeah and so <laughs> we found a system that would enable up to a thousand people to take part and take part they did and totally. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you were there. I was there. The, the The world's loyalty industry were there, and we had a great time. Yeah, and and we talked to each other, which was so exciting. Wonderful. Because we've all been missing that interaction, and I think I think actually quite a bit of business is done as well, which is also good. Very and our sponsors good. were very happy, okay. and everyone was very happy, and we got the opportunity to celebrate excellence yes. and loyalty, and. And I'm so proud that we managed to do that because this is actually a watershed year in yes. lots of different ways. And it is the people doing amazing things now that will be able to respond to the fast tracking of trends that we're seeing taking place mm. going forward. Wonderful.
0: Well, I think, you know, what's coming to mind for me, Anish, is first of all, the, the cliche, never waste a good crisis. So um, it, it totally, I can hear how the um, the awards have actually, you know, uh, bizarrely benefited from um, the restrictions and limitations. And as we've talked about, you know, I had great intentions when I was judging with you to come to London and join that judging day. And I just could never make it happen. It was just too far for me and, and too difficult. Um, and of course you know you had enough there and and obviously you did a great job because plenty of people could show up but now i know please god going forward that there's always an opportunity to take part in that remotely so uh, delighted to hear that the judging first of all can be more collaborative with uh, our global colleagues so well done that and uh, also just well done on a great event so Again, many people probably couldn't have gotten to the live event in London for an award ceremony because, you know, flying internationally, let's be honest, is an expensive thing to do. But uh, it was super fun and it was much different to any kind of Zoom conference or webinar or anything else I've done, it's the only event I attended where you could obviously drop in on conversations with people. So you did find a great platform and I know we're not here to talk about platforms, but the um, you know, the same way that you would at an awards ceremony where you pop over to the next table when you see somebody you know, we did all do that and we toasted our glasses of champagne virtually. So uh so first of all, well done and doing a great virtual
1: event. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was very enjoyable indeed it
0: was great so listen we said we won't uh, go go through every single one um but i will just for listeners mention you have a total of 25 categories that you award the um the various loyalty uh, programs within um tell us some of the top winners and key things that stood out for you uh, this year
1: okay um it's it's difficult to know where to start, but let's go right to the top and choose the, the one that actually the, the reason it's the reason it's front of mind for me is that let me read to you what the judges said. Um, we have to read a lot of entries, but this one made us laugh out loud. One. <laughs> commented, it made me feel really jealous that I hadn't been involved in this programme. It is an unheard of for a communications programme to reach 93% awareness, but this one did. Wow. Now, what we're talking about here is Unser Obonus, yes. which is... Um, a program data lab with a company doing the work, okay. and the job was to integrate the Riva company loyalty program. Um, in um, in did, Romania, sorry, Anish, to interrupt you, but it's in Romania, am I right? In Riva remembering Reva in which is um, a supermarket chain, big, big, okay. in Austria, Austria. Pardon me. Okay, and, so yes, and the way right. they did it was. They decided that because they didn't have an emperor, because the last emperor died 100 years, <laughs> okay. they had to create a new one. Okay. So they, they created a new emperor, Robert Heinrich, and who was crowned and he had permission to establish and expand the Yo Bonus Club himself. OK. What happened was that in just five days, the emperor welcomed one million Yo members to the program. Super. In six months, this had increased to three point seven million. Wow. And this is ninety three point seven percent of all Austrian households, which is Exc- staggering.
0: Yes, I knew there was a mind-blowing figure. So 93% of Austrian households. And we'll make sure, Anish, just to link to that program as well in the show notes because my Austrian or German, forgive me, I'm not sure the correct terminology, but I could never remember the name of that program. I kept seeing them win. And I'm like, what's it called? (laughs) What does it do? Um, Is it a a coalition program, Anish, or is it a straightforward
1: supermarket loyalty program? Yeah, yeah, but it's... It is, and the, the okay. beauty of it is, it can be in the future whatever they want it to be okay. because it's, Very got flexible. it's personality. Okay, no so reavers behind it. Mm. This this club will is good because people find it funny. People wow. are enjoying yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. A multi-program doesn't have to rely on just one brand or have yeah. anyone really major behind it. It can it can be something in its own right. And another example of that mm-hmm. is. Um the Lottie redefined category, okay. which was renamed for 2020, mm-hmm. was won by Voxy working with TNW and Mando Connect. Mm-hmm. And Voxy is actually a part of Vodafone. But Vodafone have dropped their branding on this. It's a completely new branding because it's it's both inspired by youth cu- culture and it's for Youth. It's for the Generation Z that are so difficult to um, yeah, connect yeah. And one of the trends that we saw this year is for brands to wake up to the fact that they can't use traditional loyalty programs to excite and... Yeah. Um, connect, yeah. yeah. the young people. You know, they, it has to be something different. Yeah. And so they did it with... Um, it's just a good use of customer insight mm. and joined up thinking, really, and mm. good good analysis. And another one that is similar is seen No Excuses Day, working in Canada, um, run by Bond Brand Loyalty. And what the judges said is: too often people see a loyalty program as functional mm. rather than about brand ideas. And No Excuses is an idea that enables the brand to bring customers with it in an abstract and experiential way. So one of the reasons for I was having a, a job with your question about statistics is because I don't think loyalty at the moment is about statistics. Mm. I think mm. it's about, mm. it's about big things. It's about big ideas. Mm. I think that we're going to be changing everything in our world. And yeah. Yeah, retailers and even governments are finding this rather difficult. We like working at home. <laughs> um, yes, we, we we don't want to commute for several hours every day. Sure. Um, we still care about the environment. We care about other people. We mm. we want a better world. Mm. I know that you could say, "Oh gosh, it's going on again." But, but <laughs> But we do. We all do. Yeah. And you talk to anyone, and they'll say yeah. the same thing. And we're not really too happy with government saying, "Go, go back to work." You know, mm-hmm. fill the city centres, um, mm. fill the restaurants, fill the shops. Buy more stuff. Do yeah. we want to buy more stuff? Maybe not. Mm. So therefore, the companies that we work with, that we watch, that mm. um, you know, can benefit from loyalty mm-hmm. programs would we'll just have to tweak things a bit mm.
0: because,
1: because all of these ideas are going to be important yeah. in loyalty um, offerings of tomorrow
0: yeah yeah I totally agree Anish and um, at the risk of repeating myself you know I think anybody listening you know really can take the perspective of let's not waste a good crisis you know let's <laughs> let's challenge ourselves to to reinvent um, our world. Um, so I think that's the the, the the message that you're you're seeing and hearing, um, you know, just because, again, you're talking to a lot of people in the industry. And I totally agree that the vast majority of people um, are very comfortable working from home. I always work from home. Um, so from my perspective, the idea of commuting is just unthinkable. So, yeah, how is my loyalty going to um, change? I've already talked to a couple of people, for example, that I'm subscribing, for example, to new products and services that I would have never done in the old world. Um, So, yeah, so I think it's fascinating. And while I think that actually you mentioned, um, I suppose, environment um, indirectly there, I know you did have a category around
1: eco-loyalty this year as well for the first time. Totally. Um, And our sponsor has, in fact, ePoints has, in fact, reinvented his company to an extent to Mm -hmm. make it eco-Points. Because he believes nice. so passionately nice. that, that this should be a central tenet of, of loyalty. Mm-hmm. And the winner of this category was John Lewis. Because, yes. because it's a leader, because yeah. it's a name that people look at, and because it, it, it's not doing anything that you'd think, well, that's outstanding. It's recycling um, beauty bottles, um, a huge 120 billion units of packaging wow. um, every year by, you know, beauty, beauty yeah. containers. Yeah, Um But it's setting a big example. It's saying we will recycle mm. any mm. beauty containers that you, you give to us because if you put it in the bin, even if you put it in your recycling bin, mm. they, can't, they can't do anything with it because it's got oils, and, okay. wow. um, you know, it can't be recycled easily, Okay. John Lewis are doing that, I, wow. along with, you know, a few other retailers. But what the judges said was that only a small proportion of retailers are truly green, but many are trying to get there. And John Lewis is setting big example. Love it. Love it. That's a
0: really, really good one. Um, And, you know, we have listeners all around the world, Anish, obviously, in terms of, um, you know, being a podcast. Um, So uh, for people outside the UK, they mightn't really understand how, uh, what a premium and well-respected retailer John Lewis is, um, but it very much is a top department store in the UK.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to, to to give you an international example of a company that is doing incredible things. And yes. I know one one of your favorites too, and that's Turkcell. Yes. They won the best corporate social responsibility um initiative linked to loyalty category. Mm-hmm. This year they ran they won it with the WizKids project. They've been our um organization of the year in the past. They win every year they're outstanding they do some of the best loyalty work in the world but what the judges noted is that they move the whole country with them and it's and it isn't purely about investment and return on that investment Mm. it's it's not just a brand turks Mm. are an institution Mm. and something that the whole of Turkey can be proud of. And the scheme they particularly won with this year Mm. was about helping kids to access technology and to understand technology. Love it. But to be honest, you know, we could have given it to them for so many different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And and their work is, I mean, Turkey's a very young country. And so have to relate to young people and they seem to do that effortlessly.
0: Yes. And I remember it as well from um, from judging the awards myself, as we know, um, Turkcell had some just a, extraordinary number of entries across multiple categories. And the reason I love judging with you was actually because I have this insatiable appetite for learning. Uh, it's one of the reasons I'm a podcaster. And you're right. I was totally unaware that Turkey had this mindset of innovation and Turkcell really seemed to, to come to the fore. Every single time. Yeah.
1: Wonderful. They're they're amazing. Wonderful. no, every year I think, right, now what's Turtel doing this year? <laughs> Wonderful. So we've talked about, I suppose, the
0: breadth of categories um, and I think what's also coming through um, is literally how many countries are represented. Um, I know everything from India, certainly from UAE, where, where I'm based, as you all know. Um, I know from the Americas. So every single continent, you do get entries from, any. So first of all, also just wanted to acknowledge that. So anyone listening in any country, who is doing work with the
1: loyalty program that they're proud of, should hopefully be considering entering with you next year. Definitely. Um, One of our regional winners was um, With from Mauritius, that that launched the first ever coalition loyalty program in the country. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, It's global. Truly global. And they can be little and they can be huge. IBM was a winner this year. Yeah. Um, it, we have, we can. All, all you've got to be is outstanding, brilliant, innovative, <laughs> and top of your game.
0: Absolutely. Best in the world. Cool. Well, listen, at the end, what we'll do is I'll get you just to give us a sense of, you know, the timescales for next year's awards so we can make sure if anybody's um, thinking ahead, obviously, we can get them um, get them involved in that. So I suppose the other thing we wanted to talk about, Anish, again, is just given your perspective, what are the key trends that you are seeing? We've talked about, um, you know, I suppose, the evolution of thinking to understand uh, different demographics, um, you know, younger than ourselves coming through. I think it's important to recognise that we don't have the answers, I think, because our mindset is fundamentally different. Well, what other trends would you say loyalty practitioners around the world should be thinking about that you're noticing?
1: Um, I, I think retailers are waking up to the fact that life is changing. Mm-hmm. Some of them won't have woken up quite quickly enough. <laughs> um, some were going to fail anyway. Um, mm. Most streets have probably changed forever. Yeah, centres have probably changed forever. Yeah. But some brands are motoring. All, yes. the, all the consultants, all the loyalty service providers that I talk to say they are so busy. Yes. Um, so the, the loyalty business is motoring, it's it's doing okay. And yeah, and the good companies are reinventing mm. their loyalty programs because they know mm. that customers are changing, therefore they've got to, to change with it. I think we'll see more loyalty in financial services. Okay. Um Eurobank in Greece, that I did an article with them um quite recently. Mm-hmm. I was I was blown away by what they've achieved, wow. um, in a country that, to an yes. extent, only just got over the last crisis. Totally, um, and they they were really confident that working with that, uh, with their loyalty program, will help them through this crisis because mm. they now have this connection with their customers mm. that that they're all going to work mm-hmm. together. It, okay, it, it was great. I think we'll get more loyalty programs from um, utilities and companies that you, we don't sort of, I mean, you wouldn't yeah. really think about IBM and loyalty, and yet they've got a huge loyalty program. Edison Energia, uh, working with Advice Group in um, Italy, mm-hmm. have been doing gamification and mm. hugely learning from, from their customer data. Mm. Data analysis is major. Uh, we recently um, did an article, I think it was in in the shortlist edition, with um, Andrea Burchett, who was one of the founders of Avios and works for IAG now, the boss of British Airways. Yeah, yeah. She was saying that when she's interrogating data, she looks for loyalty nuggets. Mm. And I love that. Mm. And she was telling me that she noticed a, tr- a trend for customers moving from one, you know, traveling from one country to another, and she couldn't understand why. Mm. By inter- interrogating this data, she found a big new business opportunity. It's that type of work mm. that loyalty enables that, mm. can, that can really transform a business. Totally. Totally. A really interesting thing happened to me this week. Just out of interest, really, because I'm absolutely <laughs> fine. But I sent off for a testing kit, a COVID testing kit. Okay. It okay. arrived via Amazon. So my UK government testing kit was sent by Amazon. Wow. Now, this is a company making use of today's... Yes. Um, opportunities, even if it's in a pandemic, I was really mm-hmm. struck by that. That's it, extraordinary. Those, those that are working really, really hard and 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 motoring, and mm-hmm. and those that are crying yeah. and saying, "Help me! I'm in trouble."
0: Yes. And, and, you know, it's not new. I think you're right. There was a, an element of us all being shell-shocked when 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 COVID landed.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Totally. Um, you, you can wallow for a couple of weeks, but then it's time to go, OK, you know, there are, again, opportunities right now. So fascinating to hear that the UK government has has realised the logistics expertise of, of Amazon. I mean, it's not a surprise to the private sector. Uh, we're very clear on that. Um, but just, again, a completely off topic, but I personally had a COVID test last week um, because we have a land border with the capital city of Abu Dhabi and we have family in Abu Dhabi. So I wanted to go down and we had a four day holiday and we had a fabulous, uh, efficient, I won't say the test was fabulous, but the process was fabulous in terms of um, a swab done from the car, uh, minimal inconvenience and results in 24 hours. So I didn't have to, you know, get any tests shipped or whatever. So I always like to acknowledge the UAE actually because there's a lot of innovation in this part of the world as you know Um, but that's great yeah so yeah so we both have a a COVID story that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Completely, nothing to do with their uh, loyalty awards. Wow! Um, so, listen, I loved the um, you know all of the insights there that you shared about particularly unexpected sectors. I think that's very true. Um, I've personally worked in you know Electric Ireland, for example, where again it probably wasn't um, one that I would have expected to have launched a loyalty program, but they did a very uh, very uh, great work. Data analysis, you're absolutely right. It's an ongoing theme. To me, it's a very specialised area of loyalty and you need very um, clever statistical people to, to, to support that. But you're right, it's all about finding the loyalty nuggets and then, you know, we creative and strategy people can get on and build new concepts. There's probably two that I'd
1: just like to do a call out for. And one, the travel and experience category. I mean, this this is an area where... Well, where, where they have a challenge. <laughs> um, Jet Privilege had um, gone into administration the year before. Within within days, they relaunched the loyalty program. So Intermile still exists, wow. even with the airline. And one, the travel and experiences category because wow. it really was a phoenix coming from the flames and shows shows the power and the importance yeah. of the loyalty program if it can survive yes even, that, if the loyalty, yeah. uh, even if the airline doesn't and if you think about virgin which is wobbling at the moment mm. it's very interesting to see what happens to the virgin loyalty program indeed Wow. Wow! And and the other one I'd like to do a call out for is um, the fact that Cheetah Digital won the best use of technology. And it's the first time in that I can think of where a service provider uh, won a category rather than for an actual product. Wow, so I think that was quite impressive.
0: Well done, you. My goodness, yeah. Okay, well, you've certainly um, name-checked some amazing brands there, from John Lewis, as we talked about, Intermiles to survive beyond the airline. That's an extraordinary story, and Turkcell as well, as you mentioned. So, um, and the programme in, in Austria that I can't pronounce. Can you pronounce that one again for me? Your bonus.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. And the other thing you saying about um, all over the world, Shell won for their program in China this year. They sure did, it, yes. We really do cover everywhere.
0: Wonderful. And again, I'm dying to do more stuff about China. We've, we've talked about this before ourselves. And in fact, uh, Shell is coming onto the podcast now in a few weeks as well, exactly, you know, to recognize their incredible achievements and um, relaunching their loyalty program as well in the UK. So they've done phenomenal work. So I'm a big fan of anything in convenience retail. And um, it's a very challenging sector, I think, in the retail side because it's just so such minimal interaction. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's great to see the uh, incredible Uh, brands that are coming through so well done you and another great awards Thank you very much Paula Brilliant, brilliant. So, um, I think that's all of the questions I wanted to touch on. Maybe actually just, um, I will mention the two other categories, the top 30 under 40. So, I know you do invite people to to highlight rising stars of the the loyalty industry, which is important. And then you also choose from your side, I think, one personality of the year. So, tell us just about that. um, the idea behind that particular award and who won this year.
1: Okay, well, the thirty the forty we've mentioned a little bit in in that we we thought that we should recognise the people coming up through the ranks. Yeah, I'm struck. I mean, I'm struck every year by how good they are. Yeah, I mean, the original plan was to have a winner, but they're they're all too good. Wow. Um, and diverse and talented and yeah, and you see them moving up and think, well, these are these are tomorrow's you know, yeah. industry leaders and they are Wonderful. carving out the yeah. future of loyalty and yeah. they're brilliant. For our organization or personality of the year this year, it was felt by the judges that they they wanted because of the um the emphasis at the moment on community and mm. caring and charity mm. and and the fact that we're all in this together, it just made sense to um, pay tribute to the cooperative movement generally. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we chose somebody to receive the award on behalf of the cooperative movement, but it's very, very much an award that went to cooperatives all over the world, who mm. work together in lots and lots of different ways, Paula, yeah. to use that benefit of um, it, it's so much easier to sell your cheese or your milk or mm. or even your clothes if you, if you're doing it together. And mm. so you know you've got more bargaining power. You're selling mm. more. It, mm. it just makes sense. Mm and
0: that's what won the award this year. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, it's a beautiful theme and I mentioned to somebody this morning, Anish, that for me, because, you know, this show is called Let's Talk Loyalty, I love to be able to explore themes that drive the emotion of loyalty. It's not just about here's a programme and, you know, this is how the the value proposition works. It is very much around understanding those things that you're highlighting there. So, you know, cooperatives are a phenomenal uh, business Model, um, So definitely one I think lots of listeners uh, really, truly respect. So uh, so love the fact that you're recognising that. And yes, I think community is another big trend that I'm hearing coming through as a key pillar of loyalty. So what can loyalty managers and loyalty programme directors do to connect with community in, in a very authentic way? Because it's beyond CSR. I think we all know it's not just a charity check once a year. Um, it really is, you know, connecting on a local level. Um, that really builds that connection to, to, uh, to various brands. So I think that's all of the questions from my side, Anisha. Is there anything else you wanted to highlight from your side?
1: No, I think that, that'll do it probably for you, will it not? Oh, it sure will. So, so the final
0: point, I guess, then is very much around if somebody um, is running a loyalty program and wants to enter the awards uh, for the next round, which I know will close in February 2021, what is the application process and deadline and, and what do they need to be thinking about?
1: Okay. Um, we launch in October. Mm-hmm. Working with the judges, we... Mm-hmm we review the categories, decide what needs to change for the next year. Mm -hmm. We're going to be changing the category for financial services because while we had lots of financial services entries, they didn't enter the financial services category, which was (laughs) interesting. And I think it's because we say best loyalty program in financial services. And I don't think that's what financial services are doing. They're doing loyalty stuff, but they're not launching loyalty programs. So we're going to change the wording to Mm. make it more um, attractive to banks and people. Okay. More financial services. So that is being done now. Mm -hmm. So we launch in October. Um, Then people have until February, the end of February to... Put in their awards. Most people leave it till the last minute, which is silly. Um, (laughs) But human nature, that's it. Yes. Then the shortlist is worked on. Mm -hmm. That's announced March, April time. Mm -hmm. And then we will either be at the Tower of London for a big party, or if the corona is still wobbling on, then (laughs) the... In a comfy chair mm. in my home, yeah. and we'll be able to take part in a virtual party. Beautiful. But it'll take place one way or another. And we've proved yes. that, that it can take place and that the Loyalty Magazine Awards have legs, mm. regardless of what is going on around it, because it's important. It totally
0: is. And certainly there's plenty of people I know that still haven't ever managed to get themselves organized to enter on time. So I'm, I'll be using this to give lots of people a nudge. And um, I'll, I'll probably come back to this maybe in January time to say, yeah, you know, the countdown is on. Make sure you get your entries in. And uh, I have a couple of uh, clients in mind that I'll definitely encourage to, um, to take part. So listen, I just wanted to say from my side, Anisha, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, You've done extraordinary work to um, to elevate the industry and all of the players within it. Um, So just wanted to say, um, Anish McIntosh, CEO of Loyalty Magazine Awards and the Loyalty Group, thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research.